Hello and welcome to Mr. President from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The intense interest manifested abroad in every movement here that threatens the stability of our system shows the deep conviction which pervades the world that upon its fate depends the cause of Republican government. Mr. President, starring Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's Edward Arnold. Mr. President at home in the White House, the elected leader of our people, our fellow citizen and neighbor. These are little-known stories of the men who have lived in the White House. Dramatic, exciting events in their lives that you and I so rarely hear. True human stories of Mr. President. We'll bring you Edward Arnold as Mr. President in just a moment. But first, let's take a look at the men who have lived at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue in Washington, D.C., one of the most famous residences in the world. The men who live there are tenants with a four-year lease, our presidents. A national election held once every four years makes a man a president. But what makes a president a man? Well, it's the little things he brings to his job, his habits, opinions, his hobbies his mood across the breakfast table. There's a human side to the highest office in the land, and you'll find it in the story of Woodrow Wilson's old-fashioned typewriter or Teddy Roosevelt's Indian clubs. This sort of personal history reveals the man, and that's what our Mr. President series tries to present. And now, see if you can name the president upon whom this episode is based. Some years ago, there lived in the White House a president who was confronted with many problems. But he never forgot to be a good host. And the great lady he was escorting through the rooms on this occasion had been a famous hostess in her own day in Washington. After my long absence from the city, Mr. President, I didn't know what to expect in this house. Well, tell me frankly, Mrs. Madison, how do you find it? Delightful. It has an air of gracious living. Of course, there is something lacking. Oh, and what's that? The woman's touch. Oh, well, now, there you may be right. 
If only my wife could have lived to occupy the house with me. Haven't you ever thought of marrying again? No. There can be no other woman for me. You've been faithful to her memory, but have you been fair to your children? Well, maybe not, but we've managed. My boys are grown men now. You've met the captain, my private secretary. Oh, yes, a fine young man. Isn't he married? No, not yet, Mrs. Madison. Are you thinking the same thought I'm thinking? Yes, very possible. Yes, yes. <laughs> if we could get him to marry some sensible girl and settle down, the White House would have a mistress, wouldn't it? Oh, Mr. President, you've touched my weakness. I love matchmaking. <laughs> <laughs> Good. But my son's no easy subject. He enjoy his so-called freedom. Oh, no man can resist a well-conducted campaign. I bow to your judgment in such matters. <laughs> now, uh, do you have anyone in mind for him? Oh, yes. My young cousin, Angelica Singleton, a darling of a girl, daughter of a South Carolina planter, fresh from Madame Grayland's seminary at Philadelphia. Mm, sounds like a likely prospect. Is she uh, attractive? She's beautiful mm -hmm. and talented, yet a sweet, sensible girl. Well, then by all means, bring her around. I'll do my best to encourage the man. Oh, no, no, no. That might spoil everything. It might? Yes, of course. Your son's headstrong. He'd resent your trying to arrange a match for him. Now, let him think he's choosing for himself. Ah, there's a method to this well, game. Yes. <laughs> uh, maybe I should discourage the match. No. No, no. He's a good son and wouldn't want to disobey. Mm, this takes more finesse than politics. <laughs> <laughs> Why not hint that Angelica would make somebody a wonderful wife? But you doubt if he could win such a prize. Ah, hmm? a challenge to his pride and vanity, eh? Uh, Mrs. Madison, I think I could use you in the diplomatic service. <laughs> I like... Oh, quiet. Here he comes. Uh, Father, Mr. McKenzie's waiting to see you in your office. Oh, I'll be with him in a minute. Uh, Mrs. Madison, thank you very much for calling. I've enjoyed it, sir. This house recalls many fond memories. Well, do come back again, Mrs. Madison. Thank you, Captain. I intend to. <laughs> you <wait>. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, Mr. President... My name's McKenzie. Uh, how do you do, Mr. McKenzie, and what can I do for you? I've been driven from Canada by the Vino ruling clique, established by the British government 3,000 miles away. I'm now a citizen of the United States. Oh, yes, yes, I recall. Let's see, weren't you a member of Parliament and the newspaper man? And weren't you expelled for your editorial attacks on the upper house? Yes, that's very true. But I haven't given up the fight against tyranny. I'll keep on till I free Canada. I'm here to ask, where does the President of the United States stand? Oh, this nation is neutral. Americans once fought British rule and won freedom. Do you deny Canadians the same privilege? No, I don't. As an individual, I sympathize with the Canadian struggle for tax and election reforms. But as head of the government, I must keep a proper neutrality. <laughs> Other Americans are more sympathetic to our cause. I'll get their aid. Let me caution you, sir. Not to abuse your privilege of American citizenship. And don't upset our good relations with England. Mr. President, were Americans so cautious in 1776? We fought then for complete separation from England. I happen to know that most Canadians today don't want separation. I've heard that you love Britain. Well, I can find Americans who love freedom better. You're insolent, sir. And I must ask you to leave. I have influence. You may regret your attitude. I warn you now that if you persist in your course, you'll be properly punished. Good day, Mr. McKenzie. Good day, Mr. President.
Angelica? This is the president's son, Abraham. My cousin, Miss Singleton. I'm pleased to meet you. And I'm privileged to meet you, Miss Singleton. Oh, may I show you around the White House? Oh, I'd be delighted. Everything here is so historic. Uh, well, I hope you won't find me, so... Uh, you'll excuse us for a few minutes? Why, of course, my son. I know Miss Singleton will enjoy a personally conducted tour of the place. And I'll enjoy it myself. Very gallant of you, Captain. Oh, let's not be formal. You call me Abraham. All right, Abraham. I do admire a biblical name. Oh, my. Don't they make a sweet couple? Yes, and I think they're attracted to each other. They're at a magnetic age. But let's not count on victory too soon. I won't. I won't. She's a lovely girl. If my son isn't bowled over, he isn't as bright as I thought. Oh, well, these things take time. Matchmaking calls for endless patience and persistence. <laughs> you mean it's something like being president. <laughs> oh, a little. <laughs> so it brings more popularity. <laughs> oh, to be dancing on the green path of life, as they are. In American hearts, madam, you're forever young. You're very kind to an old woman who has little but memories. But memories more precious than most dreams. Oh, cousin, it's a wonderful house. I wish we had time to see it all. It's magnificent. Yes, I know. I lived here once. Uh, Father, could you spare me for a few hours tomorrow? I'd like to show Miss Singleton something of the city. Well, yes, son. I think I can manage without you for a while. We'll have to go now. Thank you so much for your kindness, April. Captain. And thank you, Mr. President. And thank you, my dear, and you, Mrs. Madison, for brightening our day. Oh, we'll come again. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, what do you think of her, Father? Mrs. Madison is a charming woman. Uh, no, I mean Angelica. Ooh, oh, 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 I think she's well-named. Well, so do I. There is something angelic and unspoiled about her. Yes, but I question whether you could win such a prize. Well, I don't see why not. If I wanted to. There any reason why I couldn't? No, no special reason. I just doubt it. <laughs> well, I think you're wrong. Even a president doesn't know everything. Hardly. That's why he has a cabinet in the Congress. Father, you must see this at once. Canada has invaded our shore and attacked American citizens. Is this your idea of a joke? No, no, it's true. Look, here's word from the captain of the steamboat Caroline. His ship was tied up on the New York side of the Niagara River. Its crew and passengers were attacked by several boatloads of Canadian soldiers. Let me see them. Attacked by 70 or 80 men. They began warfare with muskets, swords, and cutlasses. Abandoned without resistance, the ship was set adrift and fired by the... Hey, this is outrageous. Well, I think it's an act of war. Oh, just a moment, just a moment. Let's get the complete picture first. Well, the district attorney of Erie County says the whole frontier's aroused. Sheriffs of Erie and Niagara have called out the militia. Americans want revenge. They're eager to fight. I don't doubt it. Let's see the rest of this packet. Ah, the picture is clearer. Mackenzie again. Mackenzie? A former Canadian leader who's begun a revolt against British rule of Canada. Canadians are angered by unjust taxes and by lawmakers appointed at London to run their parliament. Well, then they deserve liberation. Only a handful, led by Mackenzie, wanted. He's been sending American volunteers and ammunition on the Caroline to Navy Island. Navy Island? Well, that's British property. Yes, but it's been seized by a force under Van Rensselaer, a New Yorker hired by Mackenzie. There are 800 men on the island, mostly Americans, and they have no business there. Well, the Canadian soldiers had no business on our shores. Two wrongs never made a right. Well, the Caroline was American property. Now, I think this calls for drastic action. Yes, but not against Canada alone. 
Our own citizens must learn they've no business in private adventures against neighbor countries. Prepare orders for General Scott to go to Niagara Frontier at once. Yes, sir. Ask the Secretary of State to see me. We'll prepare a strong protest of the government of Canada. At the same time, I'll issue a proclamation calling on Americans to steer clear of projects dangerous to our security. Americans won't like that. They're resentful already. I will not let hotheads get us into war. Americans captured in Canada will be left to the policy and justice of that government. Oh, that won't make you popular. Popularity be hanged. National interests are a lot more important than the president's popularity. President, I heard your message to Congress on the outrageous invasion of our shores by troops from Canada. I thought it weak need, sir. Senator, I can't agree. I've launched a protest and demanded redress. But your message was conciliatory in tone. We have been wronged. Why should we be conciliatory? Because I don't feel we should create a war out of an incident. I have long felt you lean toward the British. What do you mean by that? Exactly what I say. Our chief executive is not an agent for Victoria, nor does he have to curry favor with the British. It may interest you to know, sir, that I was one of those responsible for your recall from London as ambassador a few years ago. I've known that for some time. I said then, and I say now, that the American Eagle is not to be prostrated before the British Lion. Nor have I ever done that. You may have convinced the Senate at the time that I wasn't the man for ambassador. But you haven't convinced the people that I give my loyalty to any country but this one. American interests should come first. And with me they do. It doesn't promote our interests to start hostile discussions over this incident. My one idea has been to lay a lasting foundation for peace between the two nations. By supine subservience to the British crown? No, by thunder, by firm but fair-minded give and take. You accuse me of British leanings. Yet I happen to be the first president who wasn't born a British subject. Do you regret it? Senator, I am proud of it. Proud of my humble origin because it tells me and other Americans daily that here the lowliest may aspire to the highest post citizens can give one of their number. But the people aren't with you on Canada. They're indignant. They want no conciliation. Resentment often comes from misunderstanding. Charging Mackenzie and Van Rensselaer with disloyal conduct is unpopular and untenable. In fact... The press reports some citizens have threatened to burn down the White House. What do you say to that? I think the opposition press wants to make things harder for me than the people. Oh, come now, Senator. If we can't meet politically, we can on social grounds. Will you do me the honor of being my guest at a reception here tomorrow night? My, my, I hardly know what to say. I'll continue to fight you, sir, but... I'll attend the reception. <laughs> Thank you, Senator Clay. I'll look forward to seeing you. In just a moment, we'll come back to Edward Arnold and Mr. President. It's been said that a little daydreaming never hurt anyone, so let's indulge in a few fanciful dreams for just a moment. Let's suppose it's ten years from now. You're the star of this particular dream, and you're traveling around the world. It's a pretty wonderful idea, but it doesn't have to be just a daydream. If you've always wanted to travel abroad in later years, you can make that happen. And you can start now by putting all your surplus cash in United States savings bonds. Where else could you find a safer, more profitable investment than savings bonds? 
For every $3 you invest now in e-bonds, you receive $4 when the bonds mature. Savings bonds are convenient to buy through the payroll savings plan or through the bond-a-month plan at your bank. So play it smart. Invest your extra cash in United States savings bonds. And now back to Edward Arnold and Mr. President. Have you figured out who was president when these events were taking place? They really did happen, you know. The president was the target for much criticism over his stand in the Canadian matter. And some of the criticism affected his son's life. Abraham, is it true? Is what true, Angelica? Well, the papers say General Van Rensselaer and his patriots evacuated Navy Island after talks with General Scott. Yes. And now General Van Rensselaer's been imprisoned. Yes, those are the facts. Well... By what right does your father send a great patriot to prison? My father? Why, Angelica, my father Wasn't didn't General send him Scott to... General Scott acting on your father's instructions? Well, yes, in a way, but... Oh. But you don't understand these political matters. Anybody we... with a spark of patriotism would have done just what General Van Rensselaer did. Well, I can't agree. I'm a West Point man myself, but if I accepted a commission from a foreign government as he did, well, I'd expect to be punished in the same way. Oh, of course you'd defend your father's actions. Only because they're right. Van Rensselaer should have known better than to get involved with a foreign army and lead a revolt against a government with whom we're at peace. And why was poor Mr. Mackenzie arrested in Rochester? Because he was publishing a newspaper critical of the president? No, because he was behind this entire revolt. He started it. He hired Van Rensselaer. He got arms and men here to fight against a neighbor nation and risk our good relations with it. I can't agree with such a craven viewpoint. And I don't like your calling me a coward. Go on, put me in prison, too. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I suppose I'm a silly, empty-headed schoolgirl for not accepting your ideas. If you accept ideas only from slanderous Whig newspapers, you are empty-headed. That's enough, sir. I'm glad I discovered in time what kind of a man you really are. And I'm glad to learn what kind of a woman you are. If you can't understand that there are two sides to every question, well, then you're not as bright as I thought you were. I have a mind of my own. That's more than I can say for you. Under the circumstances, Captain, I don't care to see you again. You echo my own sentiments, Miss Singleton. And if you find me at the reception tonight, don't flatter yourself. It's only because I promised Mrs. Madison I'd be there. And I'll be there only because I promised Father I'd attend. <laughs> well, I'm glad you could join us, Senator Clay. For tonight, at least, let's forget all political differences. I want you to enjoy yourself. That's most amiable of you, Mr. President. You are a gracious host, and I must say you set a very good table. Thank you. In spite of Congressman Ogle's charges in the House today, you will note, Senator, that my dishes aren't made of gold. Uh, <clears throat> didn't I hear you say no politics tonight, Father? <laughs> no. But it's so unfair to have Ogle raving about me going to church in his Democratic Majesty's British stagecoach. But as you say, son, no politics. Angelica, I hope you're enjoying your stay in Washington. Oh, yes, I am. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And what keeps you and Abraham so silent, my child? You usually have so much to say to each other. We have nothing to say to each other, sir. What is this? What is this? Don't tell me you've quarreled. Son, what's the trouble? I'd rather not discuss it, Father. Oh, of course, of course. I have no right to meddle. Uh, Senator, will you have more wine? Thank you. This is excellent Madeira. And Mrs. Madison, will you have more beef or fowl? Oh, no, no, thank you. 
I really must save room for your good dessert. Well, you have a choice of pudding pie or ice cream. All three, if you like. Heavens, no. <laughs> One will be apple. I, I, I beg your pardon, Mr. President. Yes, what is it, Thomas? The kitchen's on fire. Now, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you'll excuse me. I, I must see to something in the kitchen. Oh, yes. Yes. There. You see, sir? Of course I see. Here, fill these water buckets. Yes, sir. The curtains and the cupboards are ablaze. I know it. Hurry, hurry, Thomas. Yes, I'm hurrying. Stand back. Stand stand back, Thomas. Yes. We need new curtains here anyway. Pull them down. Yes. Uh, Let me have another bucket, Thomas. Come here, I got it. You see, I I had the windows open and suddenly the curtains flamed up. Thank you. This should take care of the cupboard. That's that's not too serious after all. Let me have another bucket. Now, you pour water over the entire area, Thomas, and make certain no no sparks are left. Yes, sir. I must have turned to my guests. Well, well, Mr. President, we thought you deserted us. Uh, Forgive me for leaving you. It's a little matter of a fire in the kitchen. What? My goodness, how can you remain so calm about it? Well, it was really only a small blaze, madam. There have been threats in the press. Well, we didn't take them seriously. How did it happen, Father? Frankly, I didn't stop to inquire. Uh, Mr. President, while I am doing all I can to get you out of the White House, I assure you I don't want to burn you up. <laughs> Senator Clay, I believe you. Your eloquence is matchless. Uh, how about dessert? Angelica. Were you addressing me, Captain? Angelica, I've been miserable. Uh, My work has been suffering. Then you must pay more attention to it. Oh, you know what I mean. I don't want to quarrel with you. You said some unforgivable things to me, sir. I know, I'm a beast. And I said some unforgivable things, too. Angelica, you're willing to forgive and forget? If you are, Abraham. Darling. Oh, it's been such torture not to talk to you, not not to hold your hand. Oh, I've been miserable too, dear. And when I saw how your father and Senator Clay can be so friendly at dinner, even when they're so opposed politically, I thought, why should we two quarrel over politics? Oh, I've been such a fool. You're such a wonderful person, and I love... I love you so very much. I love you too, dear. Would you do me the honor of becoming my wife? And no politics? I'd love to become your wife. And no politics. You'll marry me? Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, Let's announce our engagement right away. Of course, dear. Oh, Mrs. Madison will be so happy. She likes you. Well, Father will be happy, too. (laughs) He likes you. Well, I wondered where you two had disappeared to. I'm glad to see you're on speaking terms again. Uh, We're on more than speaking terms. (laughs) Uh, Father? Mm -hmm. Angelica has consented to become my wife. No. Well, I'm delighted to hear it. I could wish for no finer a daughter-in-law, my dear. Oh, that's very sweet of you, Mr. President. And my heartiest congratulations to you, son. Thank you, Father. I'm sure with you two young people here in the White House, this will be a much happier place for all of us. asked to see me, Mr. President? Yes, Senator Clay. With Congress adjourning, you're going on a speaking tour, I understand. That is my intention, sir. I'm told you intend to agitate against my actions on the Canadian question. The report has reached you accurately, sir. Look, 
What you say against me is not very important. But what you say about Canada is... I am a pretty fair judge of what is important. I will not have you encouraging Americans to start uh, the fights against Canada. I take orders only from my own conscience. Now, if this is all you have to tell me, I... Senator, you will stay and listen. The Canadian insurrection was only an incident. One in which we replied with words instead of guns. Fortunately, I think. It was only an incident, but one that may well have kindled the spark of war. I have gone to some pains to establish the fact that there's been provocation on both sides. An American ship was attacked on an American shore, but the president holds conversations and sends notes. I have done more than that. I have arrested all the ringleaders who were within my jurisdiction, and I have put in our claim for redress. I believe it will be settled to our satisfaction. To yours, perhaps, but not to the people's. I say to you, it will be ill-advised to stir up strife. And my reply to you, sir, is that the United States does not have to bow before any other nation. Of course it doesn't. It never has and never will. Is it bowing to demand punishment for disturbers of the peace on both sides of the frontier? Is it a sign of weakness to show a neighbor that we're not spoiling for a war? Do you expect me to come over to your side in this matter? Hardly. But I beg you not to sow new seeds of discord that may well yield the harvest of war that none of us desires. The insurrection is now trailing off into minor skirmishes. The excitement is dying down. You would be doing your country a great disservice to stir it up again. The fact remains that Canada can still stand reform, sir. Then let the Canadians achieve their own reforms. I urge you, Senator, not to magnify an incident between nations. An incident which reflects only the hasty actions of a few irresponsible men. Tell me something. Do you really want war? Do you? No. I am not seeking war, Mr. President, but... I say we cannot enjoy real peace unless it is a respectable one. A, a peace with honor. But we have that now. We've proved to Canada that this government is firm, but not unfriendly. We can have harmonious relations with our neighbor for many years if we show our good faith. But not if you lead Americans into more actions against Canada because of your opposition to me. Well, I don't agree with your view of international obligations, Mr. President, but I will respect your wishes. My speeches will not touch on the Canadian question. Thank you, Senator Clay. Thank you very much. And may I say this? I have always respected you for having the courage of your convictions. I still do. But now I also admire you for having the courage to place your country's welfare above anything else. Thank you again, sir. Well, you've probably figured out by now who the president was when all that happened. It really did happen, you know, and you'll have the answer in just a moment. Sunday nights, the famous voice of America's favorite newsman is heard over most of these same ABC stations. Yes, dramatic Walter Winchell brings you important news, odd news, exclusive news. On the subject of reporting the truth, Winchell himself once said, Since reporting the news is a concern of vital interest to the people, it's a matter of deepest personal integrity to the reporter. And he knows that while the truth may be difficult to live with, if the reporter didn't report the truth, he couldn't live with himself. With that philosophy to back him, Winchell does tell you, accurately and dramatically, just what's going on in the world today. So listen to Walter Winchell tonight over most of these same ABC stations. 
And now back to Edward Arnold and Mr. President. Angelica and Abraham are off to South Carolina to be married. Yes, Mrs. Madison. And I know they'll be very happy together. But I could never have accomplished it without your invaluable diplomacy and matchmaking. Oh, you pay me too much credit. You've contended with far greater problems. Now that the Canadian insurrection is over and amicable relations established, you must be a very proud man. I'm grateful that I could keep uh, peace with honor. In the face of public pressure, it's often difficult to pursue the right course. Yes. Popularity is an elusive thing of the moment, subject to whim and caprice. I think wisdom has more enduring quality. You have done a statesmanlike thing and, and reestablished confidence between two great nations. I believe history will show the wisdom of the course pursued by President Martin Van Buren. Be with us again next week, won't you, for another story that happened in Washington a few years ago to Mr. President. Until then, goodbye. This program is produced and directed by Dick Woolen. Edward Arnold appeared by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of Battleground, starring Van Johnson, John Hodiak, Ricardo Montalban, and George Murphy. Mr. President was created by Robert G. Jennings. Today's story was based on incidents in the life of President Martin Van Buren. Be sure to listen again next week when the American Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations bring you Edward Arnold with another interesting and factual story of Mr. President. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.